HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Juul, the immersion circulator for sous vide by Chef Steps. Order now at chefsteps.com slash J-O-U-L-E. Issues. This is Dave Arnold, your host of Cooking Issues, coming to you live on the Heritage Radio Network every Tuesday from roughly 12 to roughly 1 uh, at Roberta's Pizzeria here in Bushwick, br- 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 Brooklyn. Joined as usual with Nastasia of the Hammer Lopez. How you doing, Stas? Good. Got Dave in the booth as per. What up? How you doing? Got Good. two special guests in, uh, in the booth uh, today in the shipping container. We have, uh, of course, uh, you know, uh, what, what, what are you? You're a regular, you're like a regular guest, right, Ariel? Yeah, re- regular, regular yeah. guest. We got Ariel from uh, formerly of uh, Nordic Cooking Universe, formerly of UC Davis, uh, and currently uh, doing the food thing at uh, the Massachusetts, Massachusetts Institute of uh, Technology. It's true? Mm, true. Yeah? Yeah. And uh, what's your title over there? Director's Fellow. Di- wow. Director's Fellow. You're the Director's Fellow. <laughs> So like is it what, like one step from being the fellow of the director to being the director director of what? It's like being a familiar or something. Yeah, you know? yeah. The, the, like I take on a cat shape and then like advise. Yeah. So him. for those of you not hip to uh, old school uh, sorcery, mm-hmm. the familiar is the is the person that the devil comes and uh, and no, it, it's the imper- no, it's the actual personification of the devil, right? The, fam- the the witch is the witch, and the familiar is the personification of the devil on earth. Right. I mean, I was thinking about it more in an advanced. Dungeons and Dragons format, <laughs> or like Sabrina the Teenage Witch, because there was that talking cat in it. That's just what that's, I was... I mean, that's me. Like, that's right, look of, at me, you I'm, think like, oh, wisecracking repet- cat. Right, yeah. But technically, the familiar is the stand-in for the devil on Earth, right? And, and, and wonderfully so. today, and it's unfortunate that you can't see it, but Ariel's with us in talking cat form today. Nice. So please, if you can just imagine <laughs> nice. that while listening. Nice. And uh, the person that you're hearing uh, chime uh, in there is the, the one, the only, Peter Meehan. Uh, and I, I don't know. You tell me what your title, what you want your title to be. I'm just going to say uh, food media impresario. I I think that gives me too much credit. I am the editor of the currently doomed food publication, Lucky Peach, um, which we're wrapping up work on right now. And I write cookbooks. And yeah, I'm just I'm happy to be here with you guys to eat pizza. Currently today. doomed is a fantastic band name. It's a, yeah, and 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 an, also an app. Description of the last six years of my work. Um, (laughs) Well, but the thing about the the interesting thing about like currently doomed 
is first of all, like we're all doomed. We're, we are all doomed, but like currently doomed. It's like it's like it's like being on. And I don't want to make light of, but it's like it's like we know we're. We're getting the needle this weekend. It's wow. like all yeah. all of this days of execution are over. So I'm just at the point where I'm like, can I get six orders of McDonald's French fries and some ice cream on top of that? Thanks. Wow. So yeah. there's there's no governor to call. There's no the the, the, the no the governor's just going to come and watch when it happens at this point. You're, yeah. you're so, in your like yeah. fay phase. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> the old Scots marked for death sense of the word. All right. So. Uh, Speaking of Scots, I know I talked a little bit about it last week. Cause I was in Scotland like a week and a half ago or something like this. Humble brag. And, and uh, it's a great <laughs> what? Uh, and uh, uh, I'm learning bagpipes again. I'm wait, 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 wait. Let's let's rewind that yeah. again. <laughs> was there a time at which previously you had experienced, experimented with bagpipery? So, like, yeah, 15 years ago, there was a uh, or 16. There was a society in like the Upper East Side. That was like. Don't a, try to make this sound fancy. No, no, no. <laughs> they taught like cops and firefighters how to play bagpipes. So there was this like lesson that you could get. Okay. So then I, I went to said lesson. I bought. See, bagpipe is one of the very few instruments where no one allows you to play the actual instrument for a long time after you started learning it because it's just so horrific. The right. idea of you inflating that bag and just going to it is so horrifying to everybody that they I don't. I mean, that statement alone is so. Yeah, <laughs> horrifying. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you have to learn on this thing called a practice. Practice chanter, which, believe this or not, Nastasia, sounds worse than a recorder. If there is possible to have an instrument wow. that is more grating on the nerves than the recorder, it is the practice chanter. Wow. Which, for all intents and purposes, is a slightly quieter real chanter is the thing that makes the notes on a bagpipe, other than the drums. Okay. So uh, I, you know, practice for like a couple of months on my practice chanter. And as soon as I get ready to get a real set of pipes, I laid into the bag once. And Jen, my wife, was like, absolutely not. This is over. It all got thrown away. Like I was, I thankfully it was a, like a, to save our marriage. It was it was a worthless set of pipes anyway. Worthless set of pipes anyway. But like uh, that was a long time ago, and I only had the apartment in New York. Then about oh, six months ago, I was like, I'm going to learn again, and I hit the practice channel once. And my son Booker was like, I'm going to break that in half. <laughs> you're an idiot. Wow. Like this is you're a bad human being. Why are you doing this? Yeah. And Jim, my wife was like, Yeah, he's right. You know what I mean? This right. is horrible. So, but then I went to Scotland. I was like, "crap on it." So now I have purchased to practice with electronic bagpipes. Wow! Yeah, that's like, like a, that sounds like a new genre. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, you, have you brought them with you today? I, I have. Oh uh. God, this, that was such a good natural buildup and reveal. Yeah. Wow, that's it. These are the. Uh, these that's are the, that's the size of an electronic. It's like it's electronic, man. That's wow! It. it looks like a recorder. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Or a small fife, and what, perhaps. And a fife. You have to plug your ears into it, and you don't blow in it or anything. It's dead silent. Oh, okay. So anyway, so the reason I'm mentioning this is that I need someone in New York City to uh, – I need to take some lessons because I need to get good enough at bagpipes to play a song when we open the bar, which is extremely aggressive since that – like I hope to open – you know, sometime around August, so it's extremely aggressive to want to be able to play. An you don't have to do a good job; yeah. you just have to be confident enough to do it in public. A song, yeah. right? A song. I know a guy who knows a guy. Yeah, yeah. All right. And speaking of this, last week uh, we were talking here, and uh, I was describing how I had dinner with you, and you know, the guy next to me happens to be the lead singer of Pavement, and I freaked out, and no one here had listened to Pavement. Just to show you kind of what kind of people you're dealing with. Like, I, these are the people you're dealing wait, with. Wait, where was this? Here! 
I, you didn't know. Was it you, Dave, who didn't? Oh, no, someone else maybe no, was in Dave, the booth. it wasn't fucking me. All right. <laughs> didn't we talk about this Every in show. Scotland? I feel like this is a rematch maybe it was of Scotland. a conversation I already uh, Maybe it wasn't on the radio show. Maybe it was in Scotland. And I was just so horrified at the quality of people that I, I think, was I think I think I was one of those people. I, wanna, I wonder if Pavement never made it big in Scotland. But if it hasn't, your Scottish listeners listener should really... Tune in. Yeah, what do they just sit, sit around listening to? Not garbage style, but just garbage the band. Which is Scottish, <laughs> which is a good. I like garbage. Garbage and the proclaimers, like yeah. that's it. Oh my god! <laughs> so anyway, you had a music story as you were coming in here. You were saying you had to listen to stuff because your staff, before you send them on their merry way, they're, well, they're they're all listening right now, and will probably bombard us with phone calls. So no, I just I was surprised when there was not a, a, a wide uh, awareness of the works of Public Enemy. So, so that's been no, but I but it's not really office music. Like well, fear, uh, fear it's of a, office music when you're about to close. It certainly <laughs> is right. Like fear of a B- black planet is is really you know it's kind of a heavy soundtrack to like let's make food stories. Yeah, so. you know what's even like harder like the stuff that no one listened to is like. Uh, um, uh, 1991, the uh, enemy strikes black. Yeah, that's like you know. I mean, I by think, the time I get to Arizona, where they literally threaten the life of the Arizona governor. I mean, I think that that's. How old are you? Forty six. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to be forty this fall, and I feel like for for dudes of our age, that was like the thing, like listening to NRA, NWA, like growing up. But now. Yeah, I still remember the, you, you're not seeing my. Everything. Yeah, you're not seeing my face, but I still remember the first time I heard straight out of Compton. This was it. <laughs> You know, like I, I'm doing the I'm doing the the Westchester white boy, right. like the hands to the lips. But is this you, allowed? But then you put on like, are they actually murderers? Are they murdering people? Like that's you know, that's a Westchester white boy right there. Yeah. They're bad people. They're rapists and murderers. I, I did not have that. They reaction. deal drugs. I didn't have this those is bad. Reactions. That's was well. We're, Wait, Dave, you had a bad reaction to the wall. The wall. Well, the wall. I was really young. Or no, what was that song? It came out when I was like eight. Yeah. Or or nine. I had a a bad reaction to the wall when I saw. I was like, "What do you mean we don't need any education?" Yeah. (laughs) Well, I saw that movie and I. Oh, oh, really? Like you were like. Yeah. I was like, "This is a bad message." Wow. You were. It's kind of terrible music too. Oh, now step back. Yeah. Yeah. I just I had a bad controversial opinion. Dave, if you don't eat your meat, Dave, you can't have your pudding. I did that. To, I do that to Dax all the time. He doesn't know what the hell I'm talking about because my wife hates the wall, and so I can't really listen to it. I had a waiter recently say that to my daughter at the table. Um, said the act, the whole thing. No, just the. Well, if you don't eat your meat, you can't have your pudding. And I was like, "You're an old creep," but I identify with you. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, all right, so call in all of your either MIT technical questions, your uh, how to uh, shut down a magazine with style questions, your food media questions, your Nastasi Lopez questions, or any questions you have, uh, you know, dedicated either to uh, me, Dave Arnold, or Dave in the booth, uh, to seven one eight four nine seven two one two eight. That's seven one eight four nine seven two one two eight. We have a caller. There you go, caller. You're on the air. Hello, Dave. Hi. Hi. Hey, I'm trying to make a foam that's similar to the head of a Guinness that can sit on a carbonated beverage and yep. not take on too much carbonation and bubble over. And I've added gelatin, zamsum, even marshmallow fluff to my base, but it still overflows when added to the beverage. Marshmallow and fluff. Thinking, hmm. 
Mm. I'm thinking of trying VersaWhip, methylcellulose, F50, or even powdered egg whites, but I wanted your advice. F50 is great for that. That's what Sam Mason used to use. So F50, I mean, uh, he literally used to make a Guinness foam with uh, F50. Sam Mason, for those of you that, I don't know, were born yesterday, is like one of the great uh, pastry chefs of all time, then went on to be an excellent savory chef at uh, Taylor, and now is like an ice cream magnate in uh, Brooklyn. Uh, anyway, so he used to use uh, F50, and whenever I was doing um, foams for um, uh, things, I would I always gravitate towards uh, methyl cell uh, F50. Uh, the one thing is, remember, you have to whip F50 for a long time. There has to be something in it that wants to foam, like uh, some sort of like protein or whipping agent in along with the F50 to really help it along. And also remember, you're going to do that in a KitchenAid, and you're going to spoon it on top. You're not going to try to put it out of an easy whip, and you're not, uh, you're, you're just, you know, otherwise, yeah, it's going to be a freaking nightmare. If you try to inject the whole thing and have the foam rise to the top, your life is over. So that's a whisk, don't shear type of situation? Well, so typically for F50, what you'll do is, is, uh, is uh, what I'll do is, is I'll vortex it in in a blender, then put it into my KitchenAid and, and like, do it. it. The one thing it won't work well in typically is milk systems. Um, some people like VersaWhip. I never liked VersaWhip because VersaWhip, sometimes even when VersaWhip's going to work, uh, it like takes its sweet time about it. So you'll be sitting there with the KitchenAid, with the beater, for like five minutes. You're like, this crap's not going to work. And then all of a sudden, poof, it, like the VersaWhip just like pops up. Uh, speaking of KitchenAids, I just fixed a KitchenAid this morning. This morning, I fixed a KitchenAid. Have you ever reassembled an entire KitchenAid and then looked down and you left one washer out of the exact middle of the gearbox? I, sounds like you. That, that in fact, is me. If you had done that, you would be living my this morning. Uh, yeah. Cheer, cheers to that. Uh, does that make sense? Excellent. Thank you very much. No problem. Uh, yeah. So I, mean, I don't know. What do you what, you have any thoughts? Any any of you like I, I've spent too many years of my life sitting around making F, methylcell at fifty foam. So I was just like, um, no. But the, the kitchen. Are you a fan of the KitchenAid stand mixer? Yeah. Why wouldn't I be a fan of the KitchenAid stand mixer? I you don't have know. Against I, it? No, no. I had a friend who had a bunch of the five quarts burn out on her, and then I got. What does she do for a living? She was a baker at the time. Yeah, now she's not, doing something else. It's not meant for that. Um, <laughs> and I and I got a Breville stand mixer, and I gave away my old KitchenAid 4.5 quart stand mixer and some sort of exotic, strange buttercream yellow color. And now my wife is like bummed that we don't have it anymore, and I'm worried I'm going to have to like Indian give that with my friend, just go in with the swap for the Breville. Have you tried the Breville stand mixer? So here's what happened. Breville sent me a couple of years ago, or a year ago, basically every freaking thing that they make, like stuff that I didn't even know like was a thing that right. you could make, like like a tea maker. I didn't know that you needed a tea maker. But turns out you do. You do. You need a tea maker. Did not send me the stand mixer. I then tried to – I was like, I'm going to go get the stand mixer and – that's the hard one. They're not pushing the stand mixer very hard, so that's actually the more difficult one to like beg, borrow, and steal around. And I've had the KitchenAid for 8 billion years, and then literally my mother-in-law was like, I have this broken KitchenAid. I was like, I know how to fix a KitchenAid. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, you know, because like, I do. You know what I mean? It's like, and so you have the KitchenAid. Why would you not, you know, uh, why would you not use the KitchenAid? And the one I have has the metal gears, although I've heard the Breville's very nice. Do you enjoy it? I, I enjoy it as much as I use it, but I'm not the baker of the family, so I don't have like the day to day 
Like, it gets a little bit jumpy with a hard dough on the counter, you know? Like Everything gets a little jumpy with a hard dough on the counter. Oh, my God. Yeah. This is a family program. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Want to take another call? Sure. Caller, you're on the air. Yo, caller. 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 Uh, hello. Hey. Um, hi, Dave. So I have a, a question for you that might uh, apply to your upcoming sous vide book. Oh, nice. I'm wondering if you have put much thought and attention into awesome things to do with sous vide bag juices, uh, especially in the context of making pan sauces. Hmm. Nastasia, I'm kind of guess here that you hate the word <laughs> yes, bag juices. Yes, yes. She's making her she's making her bag juice face. <laughs> Uh, the, here's some issues with bag juices. So, um, typically because I would create of, a chapter called bag juices. Bag in your juices. Book. Uh, well, that's you know, honestly, like we all know, I'm not allowed to call the book the miracle of moisture management, but that's really <laughs> what it's about. Uh, I have a t- I have actually a title for the book, but you know, I probably shouldn't give it out. But it's not going to be, unfortunately, the miracle of moisture management. But one of the things about um, the moisture that exits meat when it comes out of the bag is that it has a lot of uh, uncoagulated um, proteins, uh, which, you know, Ariel, you could probably And what's good about an uncoagulated protein? Not much, because (laughs) when you try to make a pan sauce, it goes foosh, and it looks like you have these nasty gray egg whites in it. Uh, Ariel, you're familiar with this problem, yes? Or you you can understand what I'm saying? Yes. I am familiar. So good news about that nasty business is that it is actually a clarification aid. So if you want it to be slightly clear, what I would do is uh, put the pan juices gently bring them up to a boil without losing too much of it and then strain it through first of all everyone uses coffee filters if i could go Man. back in time and and shoot everyone who, did, who i would not really shoot but you know what i mean like you know like dissuade people from family show coffee filters are uh, are a, a nightmare the like hours of my life i've wasted trying to strain things through coffee filters when we ran out of like cheesecloth yeah yeah something. horrifying yeah you, just use not, a dish I'm not towel Back. Just use a dish towel. Like, yeah. dish towels are great. Just don't use one that you've worn through so there's big holes. But a standard dish towel, so long as it's clean and doesn't have any holes, drains like a mother and filters pretty well. Do you agree, Ariel? Oh, yeah. Like, a, a Wait, dish towel is even better than, like, the stuff that they sell as cheesecloth at yeah, the store. Because I, here's why I've never told anyone to go buy cheesecloth. Because they're going to go to the supermarket and they're going to buy what amounts to medical gauze. Yep. And that is... <laughs> that. What, what do you? not going to strain anything. Yeah, what are you straining? Pebbles? Like, what the hell is that? <laughs> Like, that is a useless... It's useless. It's like, it doesn't deserve to be called cloth. It's gauze. It's not... I mean, that's why they have the word gauze as a separate thing from cloth. You know what I mean? It's like... It's horrifying. Like, we're not making mummies. We're trying to filter things. So you should definitely never use uh, that garbage. So I would strain... Yeah, I mean, just as long as you don't use, like, the dish towel that your mother-in-law bought for you at like an exhibition or something it and it would upset her to see a gigantic green stain on it the depends on how you feel house. about your mother-in-law really well okay Here, yeah so you can you can it's a great can, way to send a message <laughs> it's a, yeah 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 here's another thing like if you're using something that you also uh if you're straining something that's green that hasn't been cooked yet it's also going to turn black which is like it depends on the on whatever greenery you're putting through it, but like it's you like know, an oil that you've already yeah or... yeah nightmare nightmare. Anyway, but the point is, I would use that, and I use that stuff a hundred percent of the time. And then chefs are always like, "Aren't you worried about that?" I'm like, "No." Wait, what is there to worry about? They're worried. I don't know. They're all worried about the cloth. They're worried that it's been treated with some sort of something. Just wash it first. Thank you. Like, like buy, buy like twenty dishcloths, put it through the clothes washer, and then you have like a stack of like clean, usable filters. 
So, so what else do you do with meat juice from the or bag juice? So yeah, bag, bag juice. juice. So here's another thing. Getting back to this important here, issue. Here, here's another thing you need to know about bag juice in general. So I find myself with a lot of bag juice at this age. And, well, okay. So like, let's say you're the kind of person who um, who is doing uh, low temperature braze work. Let's say you're that kind of a person. I don't know that you are. I'm just saying we, you are. We can say that. Okay. Well, let's role play it. Right, right. I'm the sort of person who does a lot of low temperature braise work. Okay. Well, one thing I'm going to tell you is that most of your guests slash customers will prefer a high temperature braise because it's going to have more meaty flavors. But low temperature braises have their place. They're interesting texture. They're good for plating out, et cetera, et cetera. You can cut them. Okay. This so, would be for like the, the like rare short rib. Yeah, or even like you're the, like a medium short. Yeah, any of these things, or like lamb shanks, mm. or any of these things that you're gonna actually put a sauce in the bag with it, like mm-hmm. or, or like coque au vin, or one of these kinds of things, right? And we're distinguishing here between bag sauces and bag juices. Bag well, juices being the undesired leftover juice at the end of the bag process. This is where it all comes back together okay. again, Peter. So what you have is is you have your bag. Uh, you, you try to put your sauce in because you put your sauce. But people always make the freaking mistake. Always, always, always make the mistake of not reducing the bag sauce enough because they're not accounting for the dilution of the bag juices. Wow. And what happens is when you add, because there's no reduction in a bag, people. You, there's no reduction Where in a bag. Where would it go? Where, there's nowhere for it to go. Where's it going to go? Where's the juice going to go, buddy? There's nowhere yeah. for it to go. Nowhere for it to go. So... Where's the bag juice going to It's just going to stay in the bag. It's, it's going to stay bag in the bag. Juice. So now all it's of a sudden... natural environment. Now, if you didn't reduce your sauce enough, and when I say reduce, I don't mean, oh, a little more reduced, oh, a little bit. No, I'm talking like... Gelatin, ping pong balls, like reduced. Huh. It's gonna taste like a freaking, like a freaking pot of feu, like a freaking poached piece of meat. And do you want a poached piece of meat? No, because if you wanted a poached piece of meat, what would you have done? You would have poached it, right? I, w- I would have low temperature poached it, and yeah, because that's who I am. I just I want to keep the role playing. Right there, you go. Here. All right. So anyway, my point being that if you don't want a poached meat texture, if you don't want that pot of feu texture, let's assume it's beef. Then uh, over reduce your stuff because you got to worry about the juices. Now, then you could take that stuff. You still have to hit it with some uh, energy and strain it through uh, a dish towel, or you're going to get those nasty float, float, floaty bits. But once you get those nasty floaty bits out, it's it's great for pan juice. So I should over reduce my sauce to account for the bag juice dilution. If you don't, you're a bad person. And then I need to strain it through a dish towel that. My mother-in-law. Yes, after you heat the juice. So after it comes out of the bag, you have to heat it to to coagulate the non-coagulated globular, extracted globular proteins. Obviously. Duh. Jerk. And then strain that through your mother-in-law's dish towel. Dish towel. As long as as it's clean. And then what is the end result of that? Then you have something you can work with. Would you put it over buttered noodles? Uh, you, well, you'd need to probably thicken it still again slightly uh, with uh, use some sort of liaison, maybe Birmanie. For about, those, are about, you a Birmanie fan? What about fluff? I would not use fluff <laughs> for that unless it was a unless you cooled it off and then just whipped it in. Uh, but that sounds super gross. Uh, yeah, sorry, it sounds super super gross. But uh, wait, I had some more thing. Also, the stuff that comes out of a bag is, always needs brightening, so you need to kind of brighten it up. Uh, if you're doing a lot lot of it, you can refreshen it with a little bit of fresh meat, or you can just hit it with a little bit of acid or a little bit. Of, it's going to need a little bit of something. It never comes out of the bag tasting like bright and and fresh. Another thing I'll say about the. Uh, the juice that comes out, what was I going to say? It was something, it was important. Oh my God, it was important. It was like the key thing. And now it's just out it of my head. It was the key. 
It was the key to using the to bag juice. It was the key to using the bag juice. You ever make oh, it? oh, 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 listen. If you're going to use it, so like, um, <clears throat> if you've had something in the bag for a long time and it's raw and you haven't cooked it yet, right? What happens is you develop something called kind of confinement aroma and you don't, you want to, you want to not have that in your, in your bag juice. And also if you're bad, if you're, if you're using like dry aged meat with the bone still in it, the dry age funk from the bone can kind of make the sauce like really funky. So you just got to make sure that that's what you want. Is this making any sense, caller? What are the worst things you've ever done with bag juice? Like, I, I imagine you've tried and failed with bag juice before. I mean, I've just heated it, it coagulated, and I'm like, oh, no, and poured it over the meat and then called it a day. I mean, that's the absolute worst thing you could do. Bag juice blunder. Bag juice blunders, which is, that's a chapter right there, bag juice blunders in the mir- Ep- that's miracle That's the episode title, management. boom. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so you're going to have to correct it. You're going to need some acid. Um you know, you can do uh, – you can use like a small quantity of it and then mount it with butter. You can hit it with a burmani if you want. I mean I'm a big fan of mounting. The problem with mounting with butter is um, you got to be careful and you have to like know that people are going to sit, right? That's like an alaminute kind of a sitch. If they're not going to sit, which, you know, you know, my family is not going to sit until I get so angry at them that they're like, why do you always ruin dinner? I'm like, it is not me. Why are you never sitting? Like, why are you, why is my own family ruining everything I do and care about? Yeah, right. The world. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, what else why, is new? Yeah. Right. Like, why do you enjoy my pain so much? <laughs> you know what I hate? I hate this is what I hate. It's like uh, I'm like okay. I'll be like I'll be like in five minutes. I'm going to serve dinner. Five minutes. I'm going to serve dinner in five minutes. And then they wait until that, and then when it comes out, then they're like, oh, I, I need to light some candles. Oh, now now I need to go get the napkins. Oh, now's the time I need to pee. No, I gave you the five minute warning. And then they bring up the bagpiping as an example of why you're a bad person. <laughs> exactly. Are you like I feel like you've been at every dinner that I've ever had, Peter? Because it's going to end with bag juice in your bagpipe. Bag? Oh no, you don't want no. Now, Ariel, you'll be pleased to know that newer bagpipes have a synthetic bags, so that you don't need to like. It's not like some stinking, rotting leather. Thank God, nightmare. But isn't, isn't that like part of the whole experience? Not for me. What was the old bag made from? Like just a leather bag. Like originally it was like a sheep bladder. Well, not a bladder. Originally, like, like stomach. But the whole freaking like animal, like you take a small animal and think about it, it's got like holes for three drones, a chanter, the blowpipe, and then one extra. You only got to sew up one hole, and then you know, and you're good to go. You know, in I, fact, I saw a guy playing. <laughs> I saw a guy playing a small goat skin bagpipe where you could see the outline of the goat in Greece. When remember that in the start. Yeah, anyway, so we, I, I, saw I feel like, like your memoirs could be called You've Only Got to Sew Up One Hole. <laughs> so one hole, baby. I mean, think about it. The guy's like, uh, what am I going to do with this goat skin? Let's turn it into a bag. Hey, I got an idea. Harvey, I got this idea. What if we put a pipe in it? That's how this stuff happens. Why anyway, is he Italian? American? I, I don't know, man. <laughs> your Scottish accent is amazing. <laughs> so anyway, the new, the new pipe bags have a zipper in them so that you can open them and air them out. And the really, really... Some of them, Do they fill with spittle? Well, yes, they do. And so this is no joke. They don't recommend it. I'm not joking. They have moisture. It's called moisture management. 
things for the insides All of, of your ideas were stolen from bagpipery, weren't they? Totally, 100%. And nowadays, for those of you who want the convenience of a synthetic bag, but really like the feel of who a natural... Doesn't? Le- who doesn't? But like the feel of a natural like leather bag, right? You want the convenience of the synthetic and the feel of the natural. I feel like you're describing my private life. Strong enough for a man, <laughs> but made for a woman. Made for a woman. Uh, you know what I always say for that one, for that for that roll-on? I just, as soon as it says strong enough for men, I'm like, done, I'm buying it. And they're like, but it's made for a woman. Don't care. You said it was strong enough for me. That's what I'm buying. Anyway, uh, they make a synthetic bag coated with leather now. It's called a hybrid bag. Wow. Mm. With, with a zipper and moisture management. Although, I don't, I don't recommend you go for the moisture management. Huh. So am I right in assuming that bag juices have a different connotation with bag pipe? Hanging in there. Yep. In yes. your kitchen. I think you are exactly correct. Bag juices in a bagpipe are to be avoided, and uh, bag juices in, in your meat cooking. are to be used. Like, well, hey, here's another one. Appropriately shepherded. Yes. I. Uh, so, like, uh, here's a piece of equipment that nobody has anymore. The gravy separator. Remember the gravy separator? Oh, yeah. The, it looks like a measuring cup, but the little spout comes up from the bottom. That's right. I've thrown away many of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Many, 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 right? Yeah. I mean, with, with I, I would assume that since your Twitter, uh, since your Instagram handle is Grease Trap, that yeah. you would have a, a bunch, enough that you could throw <laughs> away 20 and still have some left. <laughs> But uh, but the, my point is is that uh, if you if let's say you're cooking let's say you're not using a vacuum machine let's say you're doing the Ziploc technique for sealing a piece of meat you're always going to seal it in with a little bit of oil otherwise you're not going to get a good uh, seal around it uh, and so there you can separate the juices from the oil with one of those separator doodads mm. uh, you know Ariel's like why don't you just use a separatory funnel because they don't have a separatory funny funnel Ariel come on. And uh, and then you Fine, can Dave. You, come on, and then you can use the oil for your garlic bread, and you can use and you know where's garlic bread gone, people? Garlic bread is was like one of the great '70s staples. Where's garlic bread gone? It remains great. It's it's. Do you need to make garlic bread great again? I think we need to make people great no. again, such that they enjoy the garlic bread. When was the last time you went out and were like, "I want garlic bread. Bring garlic bread to the table." It just doesn't happen anymore. It's, you know not, they, it's not offered. Do they offer it here at Roberta's? I could see getting garlic bread here. I mean, I love garlic bread. Yeah. You know what? The other thing is, is, you know what they buy now? The kids, the kids, the millennial freaks, they buy, they buy this thing called garlic knots, which is like you go to the guy at the Whoa, pizza store. what do you got against garlic knots? Wow. A guy at a pizza store, not to use the same accent again, but the guy at the pizza store is like, yo, I got all this overproof doohoff. What the hell am I going to do with it? Tie it into a knot, paint some freaking grease on it, put some garlic powder on it, throw it in the oven for five minutes. Boom, garlic knots. Bada bing. And you're already eating pizza. What the hell do you need a garlic knot for if you're already eating freaking pizza? And the garlic knot is fundamentally useless without the marinara sauce. Just eat another slice of pizza. But would you rather have garlic bread instead of the garlic knot? Is that what you're saying? Not when I'm having pizza, but when I'm having steak, garlic bread. But nobody said you have to eat it with pizza. Well, I'm going to the pizzeria just to get freaking garlic knots and no pizza. It's not a garlic notaria. You know what I mean? And like 2017's hottest startup. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. And like, I remember the first time someone said garlic knots. I'm like, garlic nuts? What the hell are you talking about? And he's like, no, knots. Garlic knots. I'm like, what? I still can remember it. I remember to this day. It happened sometime. The garlic knot thing happened. I'm going to want to say like mid-90s, I want to say. Have you ever used bag juices in the making of garlic knots? And do you think that they could help them? No, but I have used it in garlic bread. So to get back to yes. like where we once started, let's say, let's say you're going to uh, take a bread that's like slightly stale and you're going to do – I hate, what's that Catalonian thing where they, they mash up tomatoes? Pan uh, tomato. That stuff is terrible. 
It's bad. Like, they love it. I don't like the bread. And the tomato quality, unless it's the right season, is garbage. But they serve it all year. If you make it out of garbage, it tastes like garbage. But they serve it all year. Anyways, like, you can use the meat juices for a situation like that to slightly moisten some hard bread in a rusk situation to put some stuff on top of it, and it's good. I've done that. And then the oil, if you're going to, you can use the oil for garlic bread as a separate thing. Anyways. Uh, You want to take a quick break? Uh, I'll take a quick break. We'll come back with uh, maybe some questions that people wrote in. I hope so. Uh, Call in all of your uh, questions to the cooking issues. This episode is brought to you by Juul, the immersion circulator for sous vide by Chef Steps. If you're listening to this show, you're probably a pretty good cook. Maybe you already know that sous vide is the best way to get a kick-ass, juicy steak. And with Juul, a new sous vide tool from Chef Steps, you can do so much more. Smoky tender ribs, homemade yogurt, creme brulee, bright, crunchy pickles, vibrant purees, even smooth, creamy ice cream, all perfectly cooked every time. Juul is sleek and small enough to fit in your kitchen drawer, and it's operated by an elegant smartphone app that's been designed to remove the guesswork, get you cooking faster, and give you the information and inspiration you want when you want it. Browse Chef Steps' amazing recipes and helpful guides. Choose your perfect doneness for any meat and get notified when your food is ready. You know you'll get great results, so you can focus on sides and sauces or just pour yourself a cocktail and chill until you're ready for a delicious dinner. For more information and to order yours now, visit chefsteps.com slash J-O-U-L-E. Contrary to what you just heard, today's program is brought to you by Modernist Pantry, providing magical ingredients for the modern cook. For free videos, recipes, tips, and tricks, visit blog.modernistpantry.com. Or is it actually Dave? Is it brought to us by both people or what? Yeah, obviously. Usually brought to you means it's brought to you. Like, what, two people? Like, it's got two handles? Well, when is you watch like TV, a, do you only see one commercial between... The show between is very heavy. It has a lot of mass. Yeah, no, no, Dave, here's the thing, right? Imagine so, yourself on a litter, and all of these brands <laughs> are supporting the litter beneath you. So I'm like a pharaoh, and like, like there. that means I need four people. Well, one at each handle for the you chair. Could, you could work harder to bring that, more That pizza you're holding right now, that's what, that's what this is going toward. Yeah, here, here, <laughs> Dave, here's the thing. Brought to you is like the old school 50s situation where like Palmolive buys the whole show. Nowadays, it's like, I don't know, you wouldn't say that they brought it to you. you know I don't I mean? know. I'll have, to, I'll have to bring that up with legal. You know what I mean? It's not a bring situation. It's a helped to make possible situation. Viewers like you, which is in fact how we work. Listeners like you. Yeah. Semantics, Dave. Semantics. Yeah, you know. Life's all about semantics, Peter, especially for a writer. Come on! All right. Maybe that's why my magazine is ending. All right, Dave. No, that wasn't even me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got, we got <laughs> dueling uh, air horns here. The um, members told me to lay back on the sound effects, so. Really? Yeah. Are they not a fan of, like, air horns? I don't know. So, Jack. Oh Jesus! So Dax, Dax has been doing this recently. He has this, but he's he has the Wilhelm scream. Scream is one of his uh, air horn effects. Oh nice. nice! He's been Wilhelm screaming me all the time. Speaking of Wilhelm scream, um, I'm slowly and we talked about this I think last week as well. I'm slowly introducing Dax to the 
oeuvre of uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. So yeah. we started with Terminator, which is a good place to start. Not yeah. with Conan, because I consider that pre the real Schwarzenegger. I mean, it's right. good, right? No, yeah, if you go back when you're aware of his works. Right. So, you know, or like Hercules in New York. I'm not going there. No, no, no. Or any so, of that like, like late 70s porno work he did. That's much later. <laughs> Uh, it, not in chronology, but in when you introduce yeah, your kid yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So started with Terminator, <laughs> and I was surprised to see Bill Paxton as one of the punks. I was like, "Oh, Bill Paxton!" And then, of course, what do you what do you introduce him to after the Terminator? Everybody, the greatest movie ever made. Come on, uh, Total Recall. Ooh, yes, but not that Commando. Oh wow! Oh. Wow! Commando wow. is what I like to call. Not the best movie ever made, but, but it's a perfect movie. It's structurally that, perfect. Oh, wait, no. I'm thinking of Predator now. Um, what happens in Commando? Commando. Uh, a li- <laughs> Nothing, uh, really. He just goes around killing people. No. <laughs> no. I'm not, I I'm see not why you flunked out of film school. I'm not saying it's a bad movie, but it, like, no, this is part of its beauty and its simplicity. No, it's, no, no, no. Here's what happens. Arnold Schwarzenegger. There's a lot of eye black, right? At the end. Okay. Arnold Schwarzenegger is leading an idyllic life. You know what's another good uh, the movie at setting up the ridiculous idyllic life is Face Off, right? So, like, in, like, in Commando, they set up the ridiculous idyllic life that Arnold Schwarzenegger has with Alyssa Milano, who's... Oh, with, yeah, I've seen the beginning of right, that movie. Who's been hot the, the entire time because she's my age, so I'm allowed... You know, I was allowed to, like, think she was good-looking when she was, like, 12 and now... Well... Uh, anyway, so they have like an improbable, beautiful house on a cliff top. And, that's right, yeah. idyllic life, and he likes to fish and get ice cream shoved in his face and all this other stuff. So these people want him to kill uh, this leader in another country. So they kidnap the daughter, put him on an airplane, and he has exactly eleven hours to find his daughter and kill everyone involved, or they find out that he's not on that airplane and the daughter dies. So it's got a time limit. He finds Radon Chong, amazing, right? Old school Radon Chong. Right. I mean, amazing. So, and he goes to an island and kills every living creature on this island. So it's like perfectly contained movie. There's a reason for everything. It's super tight from a movie structure standpoint. So <laughs> I, I introduce him to it, Dax to it, and then I realize that like, bit part again, Bill Paxton is in Commando. Maybe they were buddies back in the day. Maybe you should get them both on the show. Well, Bill Bring Paxton just together. died. Who was he in Commando? Oh. God. Okay, so Paxton Fauxpas. Maybe, maybe that's another reason my magazine is closing. When Radon not Chong, enough reverence for Bill Paxton, apparently. Right. When Radon Chong is uh, flying uh, that the boat, demographic sure is vocal. The Coast Guard is like, "You must land immediately," and that person was Bill Paxton. And then uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger was like, "Just fly below the radar." And they fly below the radar, and Bill Paxton's like, "I lost him." That was it. So your order of great Schwarzenegger movies starts with Terminator? Or is this for appropriateness of introducing to a child? And how old is the child you're introducing these movies to? Well, okay, so he wasn't interested in Schwarzenegger until he saw at a friend's house Kindergarten Cop, which is a good way to get your feet wet. Okay. It's not the Tuma. Great way to get your <laughs> right, feet wet. Right. Yeah. Then... Uh, he was like, okay, I'm interested in this Schwarzenegger thing. So you got to start with the breakout role of Terminator because, I mean, come on, Terminator is a great movie. And how old is this Booker or Dax? This is, Booker doesn't like movies. This is uh-huh. Dax. And how old is Dax? Twelve. Okay. So he can handle some of the, the themes of a Schwarzenegger movie. Yeah, you know, and, I, and when I know, I know when someone's going to get a skewer through the head because I've seen the movie like a billion times. Right. 
So he also saw Terminator 2. So I'm like, avert your eyes while, you know, T-1000, T like, shoves his, like, metal... Finger thingy. Yeah, or whatever it was. That was my favorite movie. Yeah, my dad took me to see RoboCop when I was about that age. Oh, my God. What a good movie. What a good movie. They remade that, though, recently, didn't they? Yeah, with the guy that I like. Disregard. I like the guy who's in the new one. I forget his name, but I like him. He's a good actor. But, yeah, first of all, like, why would you redo RoboCop? Right. Okay, we we should talk about food, but, Dave, what's your favorite RoboCop part? I have two. Wait, say that again? What's your favorite part of RoboCop? Um, hmm. There are two that stick right out, right out. You have 15 seconds to I comply. Mean, I, I, I like Remember all that? the, I like all the in between, like the fake commercials. Actually, oh really? I like yeah. it when the guy messes with the robot and he shoots the guy in the boardroom. Classic. And the other, when the bad guy gets coated with uh, toxic waste. Remember that part? Classic trope. Oh yeah, the bald guy. Genre. Yeah. Uh, well, he was bald after he got dipped in acid. That's for sure. Anyway, <laughs> let's. Uh, don't even get me started with this with this era of movies. All right, you want to take a call? Sure. Caller, you're on the air. Hey, David. John calling from Falston, Maryland. I have a question for you about soda stream and carbonation. Sure. I've been going through the backlog for like the past, past four years, and I've noticed that uh, you like your uh, water heavily carbonated like I do. The top of the soda stream says to three buzzes for a normal carbonation. But I like to do like eight to ten farts before I really get it up there. Yeah. Um, my question is: Can you? Uh, is there a saturation point with the water? Yes. Or can it handle all that? Am I wasting it by yeah. doing that much? Most likely, but it's a very satisfying waste. Uh, so, like, okay. uh, <laughs> probably. I would like to clear okay. up one misunderstanding here, though: is that Dave likes carbonated water more than any other human, and he likes his water more carbonated, more specifically carbonated. Than any other human I've ever encountered. Maybe you can talk us through some of your carbonation preferences after you address the soda stream. Question. Yeah, I mean, I'll say this: I don't stop at three because if there's even the chance of getting marginally more carbonation in, I will do it. But you know, there's not. Okay, there most likely is not. Uh, here's the one thing: uh, I'm not a scientist. I can't actually say that. I'm 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 just a guy with a magazine who's closing. <laughs> Here, here's what I'll say about it. Uh, one of the issues with the soda stream is getting the water as physically cold as is humanly possible. Right. I, when I fill up my bottle, I put I use a funnel and um, put ice cubes in the funnel and then run water through the ice cubes into the bottle and then I carbonate it. All right. Good. Good. And yeah. Good. All right. Good. So you're following all the all the advice. The soda stream people are like, I'm not. I mean, I don't know them personally, so I can't say that they are garbage. But the um, like the rules that they have about um, like cocktails and whatnot. If they had just designed the fart valve a little better, like you could have done so, like they could have allowed so many um, like better things. Uh, here's what you need to do. If you're a carbonation freak, just buy the freaking adapter that allows you to adapt the soda stream to a 20 pound tank. And then you don't have to worry about wasting the, the farts on the, on the thing because you're going to have so much CO2 that you're not going to know what to do with it. 20 pound tank is the way to go. Like without question, a 20 pound tank is the way to go. And you should do that. Like how much do you pay for one of those like weenie little cylinders? Um, I think they're like $15. That's absurd. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. I agree. How, yeah, how much do they weigh? How much? How much gas is in one of those things? I don't know. I could probably get maybe uh, two, three dozen bottles out. That's of an it. abomination. That's crazy. It's nuts. First of all, carbonation should be free, just like the internet. It should just come like from God. It's a right. Like tap water have. should be carbonated. That's right. Which is why I want to move to Saratoga Springs. <laughs> 
where I never wrote. Uh, by the way, I owe Peter uh, an article, and so I was waiting until the magazine closed to say, "Hey, I'm going to write the article now because it's too late." Strong, strong, strong move. Strong move. I respect but, that. Yeah, but so like uh, the pictures you sent of me bathing in sparkling water springs will be indelibly burned into my mind. There is a picture of me in a. In, I, I, you cannot tell that I'm naked, thankfully, but I am, in fact, which I hate to be naked ever, but I am naked in the water because you have to be. Are you a never nude? I'm never nude. I'm an anti nude. Like Tobias? Yeah, it, yeah, I don't know, but I'm never, I'm never ever nude. There's always like some scrap of clothing on me at all times. Cutoffs? I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I just don't feel, I don't like, I'm no one, no, naked. When I shower, <laughs> naked. Temporarily. We're getting into the arrested development territory here now. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Bias with a never nude. Yeah. So anyway, so so back to the question. I don't know. I, I don't. Th- yes. I, if I were you, I would buy the adapter. I don't think it costs that. Like, actually, come to think of it, it's funny. The person who I saw selling the adapter for the SodaStream was charging an absurd amount for the device so that you wouldn't pay an absurd amount for your CO2. Yeah, yeah. of course. So it's just open source that sucker. And what about when you were doing the whole nitrous co2 mix i'm gonna do that i think again at the new bar the problem is getting the nitrous there's only one company in new york city that will give me like bot- bottles of nitrous and the nitrous price has gone up a lot in the past is that uh, because of the hell's angels why are they using a lot of nitrous now mm-hmm. in their in their bikes no they have a the hell's angels clubhouse on third street has a, a nitrous line up through the wall into a number of the rooms so there's just a spigot so you can Wait, have you been inside the house? No, I have a friend who went. Look at me. Would, if you were a Hell's Angel, would you let me into one of your parties? No. I don't know. Hunter Thompson got into all the Hell's Angels parties. Yeah, but he seemed like a good time. I'm just like a wet blanket with a closing food magazine. So, <laughs> so uh, anyway, the nitrous, I plan on doing it again. Um, I think the way I'm going to do it, instead of trying to use the gas mixer like I used to use, yeah. I think I'm going to pre-mix 20-pound bottles of gas and then just use that on a separate carbonation line. The problem with um, the problem with carbonating out of a mixer is that the mixer can only do up to about 60 psi, which is enough to do uh, ice cold water. But if you want to go into a carbonator, I'm probably going to need the max the carbonator can do, which is about 125 psi. And so it's a uh, it's a little bit a little bit long. But I hope to bring back that water. Yeah, it was a 25% nitrous, 75% uh, CO2 maximum bu- bubble fizzy lifting drink kind of a situation. You remember that stuff it was great. It was amazing because the sweetness of the nitrous in the sparkling water was yeah. It was just so lively. Yeah. Such a lively bubble. Back when you were young and your water was lively. Back when I was young and I hadn't had the the life beaten out of me by actually like working like a service where the people were like, yeah, it's like you know, you know, it's like get the life. Beaten now out you're of just you. an old do you know portion who, of bag juice. Do you know who helped turn me into just a sack of bag juice? You're looking at it right here. I feel like she's Lopez. the only thing that's kept you from turning into full on bag juice, <laughs> full on uncoagulated bag, bag juice. Steve, I yeah. think I think juice. there's a whole show that, that this could be devoted to bag juice. Yeah. No, no. Well, yeah, you're you're change into a bag of juice. Bag of juice, not even like not even good juice. Not Are there even. any other home carbonation systems that you would recommend? Yeah, buy a freaking twenty pound tank and get the liquid bread caps. And then, so that's what I do. I use a bag and box. Uh, so, like, I have a in my home in New York City, I have carbonation on tap because duh. I have an ice maker, and in the ice machine is my cold plate, and it just runs, and it's on tap. I have a very nice tap, but um, 
up in Connecticut, I have um, I just have twenty pound tanks with a with a hose and a, and a bag and box connector off of it and liquid bread caps. Now, occasionally, people complain. They're like, eh, this is, "I want to use a soda stream. This is too hard to pull on the little gray it's, thing." It's very hard. Oh God, come on! <laughs> it's like, you know what? If you're too weak to get the bubbles that way, then freaking. Die of thirst. Can Just, you can you say that in Arnold Schwarzenegger's voice, please? Oh, I get too angry. I, like I can't actually channel him when I'm angry. Okay. Maybe hey, that reminds me. One more question, if I may. Yes. Over the years, I've loved the voices that you do. Your Brooklyn guy, the New Jersey guy, I love them all. <laughs> Have you ever been approached by anybody to do cartoon overtones or anything like that? No. If you know anyone, send them. Send a little, them over. Vo- a little voice work acting. Do you know Nastasi and I at one point were contemplating doing? The Jersey Bible, where the entire Bible would be read in New Jersey, but then we thought that some people might get offended by it, and so like we never pursued it. That's awesome. Yeah. You would totally take ass on Family Guy, dude. Yeah, well, you know, yes. hey, hey, as like I say to everyone else, like here, here I am to sell myself. Just send someone who wants to buy. Uh, but that's uh, right. Anyway. Yep. All right. Hey, I got a question from the chat room for Peter. It's a little controversial. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Let me read this word for word. Who took Lucky Peach from the slightly serious but a casual feeling to a lot of stunt food type content? Me. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so is stunt food as a pejorative or? I I assume I don't I don't know. I'll I'll take that hit. All right. What's what's a stunt food? I don't know. I mean, I am interested in. Um, I don't. I don't think that we're doing anything stuntier now than we did back in the day. I've always been interested in uh, things that are so smart they're stupid. So, um, you know, I feel like the in the final issue, gotcha, we're, Pepe we're, Ramen. Yeah, yeah, you know, like we're, that we're working on right now. Um, Ariel and I were talking about. She was working on something for the the website, and it turned in from like a. A four hundred word <laughs> like answer a simple question thing into like a three thousand six w- months later yeah six months later research piece about how we taste wine and the last issue of of new content we're doing is the suburbs and I was like I was like this is so good I wanted to I want to put it in the last issue and so I've made a a, a new front of book section for our last issue called Wednesday Night Wine Club and it's going to be populated with. Uh, Anna Heasel, who's now at Taste, who's written Deranged Crafts for us, did a tasting of all these brands of mommy wines. And then. Uh, Wait, mommy wines? Yeah, like Mommy's Time Out and Kathy. What does that mean? It's Kathy, a whole thing. It's like, a whole marketing segment. What does mommy like to drink that I don't like to drink? It turns out that I don't want to spoil it. White Zin? Hey, White Zin. Ridge made a White Zin for a little while that was kind of a cool thing to find. But Curry um, apparently makes one. I haven't had it yet. Uh, but. Or like the, the really oaky Chardonnay that the kids at UC Davis would call Cougar Crack. Yeah, but you you put a couple ice cubes in that and some sparkling water. I don't know. Like I can find any reason to drink any wine. Is a cougar a specific age or a specific age going after a younger dude? Can you like, can you be a cougar and be age appropriate just, or not? No, no, no. It's always it's always a younger man. Okay, just curious. So the prey determines the predator. I suppose in that case, it's a very like phallocentric view of things. Yeah, sadly. But. Yeah, so I was just never clear on that. Dave, you're a cougar to me, is all I want to uh, say. It sounds like a song. Dave, you want to take one more caller before we gotta go? Oh man, okay, okay. Zero questions. Uh, oh, by, by the way, people, I just but want that's you to know. Fine, because I'm not here on Monday, so you can go through all of them. I mean Tuesday. 
Nastasia's birthday is next week, so you can send your happy birthday wishes to Nastasia Lopez, who will be chilling in Rome on the Spanish steppes. Uh, you know, hopefully violently ill. I'm kidding. Wow. Not really. Not wow. really. I'm just messing with you. Drinking white Zinfandel, enjoying herself. <laughs> imagine go to go to Rome. Be like, you got any white Zin over here? Come on. You know what I mean? Like, imagine that'd be amazing. Like, uh, yeah, enough with the enough with the smash. Don't wine shame her for what she loves. I want my smashed artichokes, but I want whites in with them. You know what I mean? You like the smashed artichokes? Yeah. Yeah. What is that stuff called? Carchofi uh, what? I don't know. Carchofi, like a yudia. Uh, well, it like is. It is a Jewish. Right? It, yeah. I mean, yeah, all those things are. But like, doesn't it have like another name or not? I thought that was the Roman name for yeah, it. I don't know. You're gonna it. be pounding the salting boca over there. Do you wow. like? You don't like salting boca? That's a personal really? question. You don't like salting boca? What the hell? You have a caller. Caller, you're on the air. I'm so angry at Nastasia for not liking Salting Boca uh, that I'm, it's hard for me to concentrate, but go ahead. Salting Boca is delicious. How do you not like sage, prosciutto, veal, where you lightly flour it and then like saute that mother in butter? I don't think I've ever had a good one. <sighs> caller, you're on the air. Did we lose you, Caller? Wait, uh, oh. am I, uh, hello, am I on the air? Yes. Hello, okay, Caller. I have, a, I have a three-part question. Uh, oh. First... Go ahead. First, I should say first time, long time. But um, my first question is, um, do you guys have a favorite film in the Alien series? My mm. second question is, do you guys have a favorite um, comedic Arnold Schwarzenegger film? And my third part is, Peter, would you mind if I, as an employee of yours, went home at around 2 today? Oh. No, no, I know I know you, Peter, at about that hour. So, no, that's totally cool. Um, in terms of the Alien... What's he going to do, fire you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> My new, my new sign-off for emails is, you'll never work for this magazine again. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's so awesome. Uh, I've, right. n- I've never personally seen an alien movie, what? so I can't. I was, I, I don't know. I lived a sheltered, ex- I don't have an excuse. Jeez. What? There was a new Subway ad. They keep making them, though, right? The original has both... The the mm. guy playing Mumbledy Peg with the with the uh, with with the knife. No, on no, the that's table. aliens. Yeah. yeah. No, that's the first one. No, that's the alien. No, Lance Henriksen is in Aliens, the second one. Wow. Because it's Bill fucking sorry. Yeah. Oh, family show. Bill I, I like the one in, with in Game Over Man. Yeah. I like Game that's Over aliens. Man. That's Aliens. And they're playing the Mumbledy Pig. That's the best one. That's Aliens. The worst is Alien versus Predator. That doesn't even count. Doesn't no, count. it stops after Alien Three. Okay, and comedic Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, twins? Okay, so is are you a twins person or like a kindergarten cop kind of a person? I've never seen kindergarten cop. And this is why your magazine is closing. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, have you seen? Uh, have you? What about the one where he's pregnant? That's the only one I haven't seen. I haven't seen the one where he's pregnant. <laughs> I haven't seen the one where he was. Pregnant. I think it's called "Look Who's Pregnant Now" or something like this. I swear to God, this movie happened. It's, no, it's it. called Junior, according to our communications director. Nice. Yeah, I have not seen it. Now, but now when you say oh, Junior, when you say God, Junior... I'm really glad I didn't know about that during the pregnancy of my two children. I, because I have the line... ruined everything. What's, what's the Beastie Boys song where at the end he goes, Junior? You know that time? It's on... Uh, I think it's on Ill Communication. Anyways, um, I would have to go with... Twins is probably the best. Twins is probably the best. Kindergarten Cop has a lot of good lines in it, but probably twins. And it's a heartwarming family show, like this show. <laughs> Everything with Danny DeVito is a heartwarming family show. I like his, I, I emulate his, uh, the way he parents from Matilda. That's my parenting style, is Danny DeVito from Matilda. Have you ever tried his limoncello? 
I have not. Have you? He has his own brand I have of li- limoncello. Well, I'm not a huge limoncello no guy. No one's a huge limoncello guy. <laughs> there are no huge limoncello guys, except for Danny DeVito. How is his limoncello? I haven't had it. Compared to like Polini's. Or compared to like Cabo Wabo. Like, let's do, we should have a celebrity <laughs> liquor tasting here. I think we did Okay, that. we did celebrity. <laughs> well, we did celebrity wine. We did not do celebrity liquor here. We could well, get we Soderberg. We could that get was Soderberg. the drunkest I've ever been at Heritage Radio. Let's not talk about that. We could get the same crew back. Plus doesn't Peter. doesn't oh. Santana have a tequila? I hope if so. If you were Santana, wouldn't you have a tequila? Oh, absolutely. Cheech has a tequila. A mezcal, actually. Cheech is a very Even smart better. man, by the way. Yeah. Cheech, very smart man. Ooh, we could drink Crystal Skull. Uh, Dan Aykroyd's yeah. beverage of... Wow. No? No? no why not? Wow, Dave. Harsh. Hating on Dan Aykroyd or on the Crystal Skull? Or on Herkimer Diamonds, a.k.a. Quartz? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little bit of all three. I could use a couple more, like, glass skulls on top of my bookcase. So Everybody could. Yeah. You know what I looked I'm up on? this taste. All right, they're going to kick me off. I answered no questions, so please send in no new questions because <laughs> no I have all the questions. questions. No I have Grand all, opening, grand closing. I have a bunch of questions to answer next week. Um... So we'll deal with all that next week. No new questions because we did all callers. Uh, I've enjoyed having you on, Peter. Ariel, I've enjoyed being always. have on. Uh, and if any, of you, being if any of you on. want the celebrity liquor thing, I'm sure we can make that happen. But you have to like tweet on in or tell Nastasia that you really want it to have happen because she's the one who gets things done around here when she's not hanging out in Rome drinking white zim. <laughs> She's the only person. Why are you checking luggage to Rome? You're only bringing like three changes, of, you know, one change of clothes. I know Nastasia. She's like, uh, all the white's in. I had to check it. It's liquid. <laughs> uh, but, Dave, do I have to read this mid-roll on the way out? No, didn't you read that already? No, I read the pre-roll. Oh, dude. Yeah, read the mid-roll. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Modernist Pantry was created by food lovers and cooking issues fans just like you. Janie, Chris, and Modernist Pantry family share your passion for experimentation and have every Everything you need to make culinary magic happen in your own kitchen. <sighs> Professional chef, by the way, I need to learn to circular breathe when I'm doing bagpipes. Did you know that? You got to like circular breathe sometimes. Uh, maybe you don't. You also do that when you're playing like clarinet, bass recorders. Do you know you're going you you're gonna to be the Ornette Coleman of bagpipes. Yeah, uh, uh, i.e. dead. <laughs> wow. Harsh, Dave. Keep reading. All right. Professional chef, home cook, food enthusiast, no matter what your skill or experience, Modernist Pantry has something for you. They make it easy to get the ingredients and tools you need and can't find anywhere else so that you can spend less time hunting and gathering and more time creating memorable dishes and culinary experiences. Visit ModernistPantry.com today to discover why Cooking Issues listeners call Modernist Pantry the cook's secret weapon. Be sure to check out their new Kitchen Alchemy blog at blog.modernistpantry.com for free recipes, tips, and tricks. And don't forget to follow Modernist Pantry on social media to keep up with what's new and exciting in the world of culinary ingredients and tools. And yes, they called you a culinary tool, Nastasia. Thanks, guys. Cooking Issues. Listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? 
rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. Thank you.